But I've been, I've been seeing in my own life the discontentment, that place where, where the grass is always greener somewhere else. It's actually a horrible place to live in. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a place that takes all your joy, that takes all your peace. And if I did not ask the Lord, if I did not ask him to open my eyes for the beauty of his London, if I did not do it, I would have been forever or for a very long time be discontent and unhappy, unsatisfied in his London. And you know what? I would have missed, I want you to get this, I would have missed my, my purpose in this town. It would have cost me my peace, first of all. It would have cost me my peace. And it would have cost me my purpose. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that God, by His Spirit, guided me just to say, Okay, Lord, open my eyes for the beauty of His land. And instead of just forever living in my past, forever missing everybody, and I'm so thankful that God said to me, you must make new friends. You must settle. You must sell your house that you, you know, I mean, it was a bad financial decision for us to, to sell our house. A better financial decision would have been just to, to rent it out. But both Andre and I felt we need to close that chapter in Cape Town. We need to close it. We need to let it go. And... It was so good for me. It was hard and it was tough, but it was so good because God helped me to settle. He helped me open my eyes for the beauty. You see, discontentment, as I said, is a place where the grass is always greener somewhere else. It's always greener somewhere else. It's costly. Discontentment will cost you. You know, someone said where the grass is greener, the electricity, electricity bill is higher. So somehow... You're going to pay for that thing in you that always says, if I can just not live in East London, I will be happy. Or if I can just have another job, I will be happy. You see, this, that's what discontentment says. If I can just go back to Cape Town or to the Western Cape, for that matter, I will be happy. If I, I just don't have to live in East London or in the Eastern Cape. Or if I, if I can just have another job. Or if the municipality can just fix the potholes in the roads, I'll be happy. Or if they can just finish the Ganubi roads. You know, all the Ganubi people say, Amen. <laughs> you know, Andre came back from India last year. He, he's been to India now twice on a mission trip. And he came back, he said to me, if anybody wants to complain about the roads in East London, they have to go to India. <laughs> they must just see the, the chaos. It's crazy. But... You know, the, the, the problem is with this discontentment is it's a place where you always, you always will be unhappy. And the moment you get that thing that is so important to you or that you wish for, that you would die for, the moment you get it, you will find something else to be discontent about. Because it's a, it's a state of our heart. It's not about your family, your circumstances, your job, the town you live in. This discontentment is a state of our hearts. So if we can't move from discontentment to contentment, we will never be happy. You're never going to be happy. You're never going to be fulfilled and you're going to miss your purpose. 
You're going to miss your purpose. So if we want to love East London, if we want to love our city, we have to deal with complaining, with negativity, and with discontentment. If we honestly want to come to a place where we love our city and we love the people in East London, we have to deal with that. And this is what I want to share with you this morning, that it's a state where we, we can't live there. And it's like Andre said last week, you know, sometimes not, make, not making a decision is making a decision. So not proactively pursuing a life of thanksgiving is act, actually choosing to be negative and discontent. Even if you don't see it like that, if we are not proactive, if we are not pursuing thanksgiving and contentment with all of our hearts, we indirectly choose a lifestyle of complaining. Even if you're not complaining with everybody, even if you're just listening, you kind of take their side. You know? So what is the key to a life of contentment? I think we all know it's a lifestyle of thanksgiving, but the problem is with all of us, me included, we, we often want to feel thankful before we start being thankful. We want to feel thankful. And we think if we do not feel thank, thankful, we can't be thankful. You know, and I've, I've just seen that thanksgiving does not actually start with, being, with feeling thankful. It starts by deliberately meditating on things that we can be thankful for. We look for things. We find them. We dig them out, but we look for things that we can be thankful for. We, we, we have to lead our hearts. We can't wait for our hearts to lead us. You can't wait for your, for your heart to lead you. We have to lead our hearts. We have to say we're going to find something to be thankful about. Being thankful leads to feeling thankful. I know it sounds maybe very obvious to some of us, but if we can't be thankful, feeling thankful might never come. That feeling might never come if we do not deliberately say, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to look for it. You know, there's a scripture in Philippians 4 verse 8. Most of you know it, but I want to highlight a few things for you there. Philippians 4, 8. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So indirectly, the scripture also says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are untrue, whatever things are dishonorable, whatever things are unfair, whatever things are polluted, whatever things are ugly, whatever things are of bad reports, if there's any imperfection, if there's anything unworthy, do not meditate on these things. Have you ever seen it like that? But... The irony is, this is what we do, hey? We do not find the noble and the just and the pure and the lovely and the good report and the praiseworthy things on News 24. We find the unfair, the untrue, the ugly, the bad reports, you know? That's news. That's what people see as news. So, if we are not going to shift our focus from the 
the untrue and the unfair and the polluted and the ugly and the bad reports to, to the good and the, and the virtue and the noble. If we are not going to do that, we're going to forever be in that state of complaining, negativity, discontentment. And you might not... You might not, as I say, see yourself as a negative person. But if you dwell on all of these things, it will capture your heart eventually. It will capture your heart. You know, these are not the favorite topics at a bri. The noble and the true and the just. It's things that we have to, to seek for. We have to dig it out. We have to look for it. And it's not the popular opinion. It's not the popular opinion so we have to make up our minds whether we are willing to be different. We have to make up our minds. You know, have any one of you ever been in the company of, of people where everybody's complaining about something and you in the in the company of them and you say anything positive, just remotely positive? Have you ever seen their your reaction? They make you feel, let me tell you, for those of you who don't know, they make you feel as if you're the dumbest person on this whole earth. Who of you have ever felt like that? Oh, okay. I'm not going to ask who of you have made other people feel like that. I don't want to see that. <laughs> the problem is when we are positive, I want to explain this to you because I've, I've figured it out. If we are positive about something, People see it as you, you're naive, you don't have all the facts on the table, you live in Lola land, you must go back to kindergarten because certainly you can't think for yourself. True? Which means that to, to be content, to be thankful, to go against the stream of negativity, it takes guts. I tell you, it takes guts, it takes maturity, it takes character. It's really easy to complain. It's really easy to complain. People think they're very clever, you know, when they complain. Because obviously, they discern all the issues in the country, and they have the solution. And, you know, people think that they have discernment, and that they are smart when they complain. It's really easy to complain. Do you know what is... What is what takes a smart person is to, in the midst of all the issues, in the midst of all the challenges, to find something to praise God for. That is a smart person. That is a smart person. You see, you're not blind to issues when you're positive, as many people think. You're not blind. You're not like an ostrich with your head in the sand. You see, we all see issues. It's not difficult to see problems around us. But do we have the guts? Do we have the, the maturity and the character to go against a stream of negativity? Because the moment we just add to negativity, we add to that atmosphere in your workplace, in your family, in your city. You add to an atmosphere we release an atmosphere, people. If The Bible said that there's life and death are in the power of our tongue. Which means we either release life or we release death. 
It's as simple as that. We release life or we release death. And the moment we join negativity, the moment we join discontentment, the moment we join complaining, we release death. We, we will not change the atmosphere in his London, and we certainly are not going to change the atmosphere in our hearts. We have to be different. You see, what Thanksgiving does is like, it's like Sandra said this morning. We change the atmosphere in our own hearts first. And then what happens, we will start changing the atmosphere around us. But it takes a deliberate focus on things that Philippians 4.8 talks about. It takes a deliberate focus. It's not just going to spontaneously happen that all of us all of a sudden become positive and thankful. We have to fight for it. We have to put energy into that. You know, there's, there's one scripture that's very close to my heart, and I often go back to that when things overwhelm me in the church. Uh, I joined Andrea about five years ago in, in full-time ministry. And often, as I say, when I get overwhelmed, I go to this scripture. 1 Timothy 1, 1 verse 12, it says, And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me, because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And I will forever be thankful that God moved us to East London because he enabled me to live my dream. He enabled me to join Andre full-time at the church. And I can't ever forget that. I can't just think, oh, it's so hard to be in full-time ministry. You know, it's so challenging All of us have challenges, and we have a choice whether our challenges is going to overcome us because somebody else's life, somebody else's job always look easier, always, than your own. And I can't ever forget that that I'm, I'm living my dream. I have to go back to the scripture over and over and say, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me, counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. You know, Andre always jokes. He says he's going to send me back to accounting if I'm not thankful. <laughs> it's, our, it's our private joke, okay? In the beginning, I was really upset about it. Now I just laugh. <laughs> he, he, can't, he, can't, he's, he's not, yeah, he can't do it without me anymore. <laughs> you know, who's going who's gonna to sit on his lap during lunch times, you know? You need to have the you need to have the right employee, you know, to Okay, so what is what is the power of Thanksgiving? What is the power? You know, is there really power in Thanksgiving? Or is it just a nice idea? Is it just you know, we have to be good and good people are thankful? Or is there really power? In Thanksgiving, I want to show you something. Psalm 100 verse 4, the first part of verse 4. Most of you would know this, but it, it says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So what happens when we are thankful? We enter into a gate. These gates, okay? God's gates, it open when we are thankful. 
Let me take you to another scripture, Isaiah 62 verse 10. It says, go through, go through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. Take out the stones and lift up a banner for the people. Go through, go through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. Take out the stones and lift up a banner for the people. Now let me explain to you these two scriptures. The moment we look away from everything that freaks you out, in East London, in your workplace, in your family, in your situation, the moment we look away from whatever freaks you out, because there are things that bothers us, that is challenging. The moment we look away from that and we start thanking the Lord, we enter through a gate. And we prepare the way for the people around us to turn to Jesus. Okay, I want to I say that again. The moment we turn away from everything that freaks us out, that wants, it, we, we want to complain about it because it's so horrible. The moment we turn away from that, we start being thankful. We start meditating on things that are good and true and noble and just. We go through gates in the Spirit. Okay? You need to picture this. You go through a gate and you start building a road, a highway for people to come to Jesus. It's profound. Okay, so what we do is we go through the gates with thanksgiving. That's our first start. We prepare the way and we build a highway for the people by changing the atmosphere. We literally change the atmosphere because we bring life. Okay, I said life and death are in the, in, in, in the power of our tongue. So we can either speak death or we can speak life. We can either break down a road for people to come to Jesus or we can build a road. We have the power. There's power in our words. So we prepare the way and we build a highway for people by changing the atmosphere in our workplace, in our family, and in our city. We lift up a banner the last part of that scripture in Isaiah 62, we lift up a banner for the people by being different and by showing them the way to Jesus. It's literally as if we, we, we're raising a banner, you know? We, we, we're holding up a banner when we turn away from whatever want to make us complain and we start looking for things to be thankful about, we wave a banner. We say, this is the way. Follow me. Follow me. Don't follow that road. Follow me. You start to lead. You lead your heart, and then you start leading people around you. Okay? You move from a position of a follower to somebody who leads other people, somebody who, 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 takes, who takes charge of whatever is happening in your environment, you lead the way. And it will open our eyes for the beauty of his London. It will change your own heart. And it will change the atmosphere around you. It will. You see, the outflow of, con- of discontentment is a self-focus. It's about me, myself, and I. What I want and my problems and things that are hard for me and my boss, you know. Yeah, Sonica, you don't know my boss. It's easy for you. 
talk about Thanksgiving. All of us think that our circumstances are the worst. I tell you, we have the worst boss. You, you see, and, and everywhere in the world, people think it's the hardest ground for Jesus. You know, have you ever heard that in every, every town, it's the hardest? It's the, the, the break of this ground is the most difficult because there's, there's so many strongholds and there's so many, many things, bad things in this town. And the divorce rate is the highest. You know, I've heard in many, many, many towns, the divorce rate is the highest. Now, I don't know. I don't know who did those stats, but it must be audited, okay, because I don't trust them anymore. We can forever feel that our circumstances will never change. It's so difficult. It's so poor me, poor me. You know, if God can just reach out to me and give me another job, or if he can just give me another boss, you know, he can't give you another mother-in-law. Sorry for that. You need to, you need to stay strong. But we can forever, we can forever look at our circumstances and feel sorry for ourselves. In, an, in a place of discontentment, feel that you are the worst off. Every, every person you know, you're the worst off. That is discontentment. And God wants us to, instead of having a self-focus, he wants us to have a God-focus. And you see, this is what contentment does. When we move from discontentment to contentment, we move from a self-focus to a God-focus. And this is what God wants, wants to happen. You see, it will enable us to focus on God and on his priorities. Contentment is not passivity. There's a huge difference between contentment and passivity. It doesn't mean that you need to sit and never do anything if you're content. It doesn't mean that you can't have an ambition. You, it doesn't mean that you can't work hard or study hard and get somewhere in life. It's not what contentment is all about. It's a condition of our hearts. And the moment that condition changes, where we, I say, God, I, I, I celebrate what I have. I worship you for my family. I thank you for my job. The moment we shift that atmosphere in our own hearts, we can become God-focused. And we can become useful. We can become useful for Jesus. And we can, we can find out the reason why he has put us in East London and in your, in your workplace. You see, so what is God's desire and priority? If I say that contentment will make us God-focused... It will help us to partner with God. What is God's heart? Let me show you. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 to 4. It's it's one of the Apostle Paul, one of the, the letters that he wrote. He says, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and, surprise, surprise, giving of thanks be made for all men. So if you pray for people in parliament, if you pray for your boss, if you pray for whatever, you do not just pray for them, we give thanks for them. So when it comes to issues and problems and things, petitions we bring before the Lord, thanksgiving is a huge part of that. We say, okay, God, I thank you that my boss is going to turn to Jesus. Instead of just complaining to God, God can 
can you not, you know, tell my boss that I really need a raise, please? Can't you just make him see how hard I work? Instead of, of just always, you know, focusing it back to you to say, okay, God, I thank you. My boss is going to serve you. In his lifetime, he's going to make a difference for you. To, to pray a prayer of thankfulness is powerful. So it says, I exhort first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That is God's passion. It is overwhelming desire inside of him is for all men to be saved. All men. All men. Even people that we think, no, maybe should, they should never be saved. You know, if we, if we evaluate the condition of our hearts, you know, sometimes if we are really honest with ourselves, we think, I don't... I don't think that person deserves grace. You know, it's like Jonah. The other night, Andre was reading Jonah, the, the story of Jonah to Vian, our, our son. And, you know, I was listening, and I, I just realized again, Jonah was really upset. He was a prophet. God sent him to Nineveh to preach the gospel, which he did. The whole city of Nineveh, I, I can't figure that out. I tell you, it must be, it must have been a sovereign move of God for a whole city. They said like even the animals. Yeah, okay. Let me not go into, into that. But Jonah was really upset about it. Okay. So I think sometimes when, when God gives mercy and grace to somebody, it can be upsetting to us because you can just feel Really? Can it, can it be so easy for that person? He's messed up all of his life. Yes, it can. This is the God that we serve. You see, this is God's heart. And we need to come to a, a, a place in our hearts where we want, where we burn for that as well. Our desire, our passion, our desire must be that all people will be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God's heart's must come, God's heart must be imparted to our hearts. And this is what I pray for, for us as a church, you know, and, and Andre, that we trust the Lord for, that, you know, that God's passion for people who don't know him, it will be, it will be burning in our hearts as well. You know, God has put you in his London for a reason. If you don't think so, then you are wrong, okay? God has put you in his London for a purpose, for a reason. More than just being a doctor, more than just being a teacher, more than just being a mother, you are here for a reason, you know? What is that reason? The reason why you are in his London is to build a highway for people to come to Jesus. It is not a self-focused, yes, God loves us, yes, he wants to bless us. But ultimately, when we start looking away from ourselves, when we move from a place of discontentment to contentment, you will be the happiest person ever. 
Because it's when we look away from what we want and when we start partnering with the Lord, it's a place of fulfillment that you will never find in a house, in a car, in a lot of money, in your dream spouse, in your dream marriage. To look away from all of these things, legitimate desires, but to look away from that and to say, I'm going to partner with God to see the gospel come to the Eastern Cape. You're going to find a fulfillment in that that you won't find anywhere else. It's worth it. It's worth it to, pers- to pursue that. It's worth it. You see, we, we have to get over ourselves. We have to get over ourselves. We have to tap into God's desires and his, his purposes and his plans for East London and for the Eastern Cape. Many of you are only in East London for a season. It seems to me as if East London is kind of a, you know, people move through the town. I'm very thankful that some of you are settling in East London or are settled in East London. But some of you are here for a, a season. And you have a choice. You have a choice whether you're going to live in the now and make the most of your season in East London or whether you're going to live in your past, longing back, for friends, family, good memories, or whether you're going to live in the future, you know. You just kind of, you know, you, you're just here because you have to be here. You just wish it will pass quickly. You can go on with your life. You can miss your purpose in this land, and you are here for a reason, even if it's for one year. You are in this land for a reason. Don't miss out. Don't miss out on what God has planned and purpose for you. So it's time to trade, I really believe, it's time to trade a spirit of, of negativity for a spirit of thankfulness. It's time to trade a spirit of discontentment for a spirit of contentment so that we can partner with God. That we can see, partner with Him and see the, the gospel, the, the good news of the gospel, to see it come in East London and in the Eastern Cape. We have the power to release life or to release death wherever we go. You see, God wants us to go through the gates. I'm almost finished. God wants us to go through the gates by an active lifestyle of thanksgiving. So he literally wants us to move to a a place in the spirit where we go through gates. And we do that by an active lifestyle of thanksgiving. By meditating on things that is good and true and noble and just and praiseworthy. So that we can prepare the way for the people in his London to come to Jesus. There's purpose in thanksgiving. There's power in thanksgiving. God wants us to be content. You know, the Apostle Paul said in, in Philippians 4, he says, I have learned to be content in whatever state I am. It's something we learn it doesn't just automatically, you know, like a button you switch on. Contentment, we learn contentment. We learn it. But God wants us to be content in whatever state we are so that we can look away from ourselves. We can partner with him. We can partner with him. I can say, God, here I am. Here I am, Lord. What is your heart? What is your purposes? I want to be part of it. I want to be part of it. God wants you to change the atmosphere in your workplace. 
He wants you to change the atmosphere in your family. He wants you to change the atmosphere in East London. Wherever you go, you have a choice. You can either add to a dark atmosphere or you can add to an atmosphere of lights where you wave a banner where you say, this is the way. This is the way. Let me lead you. Let me lead you. All of you are leaders. If you see yourself as a leader or not, you are a leader. If you live in South Africa and you can read and you can write, you are a leader. You can lead people. All of you are leaders. All of you can show the way. All of you can lead by example. It was so cute. On Friday, our, our son, Vian, he said to, to me and Andre something he's never said before. He said to me, Daddy, I'm following you and Mommy because you are following Jesus. And I, I listened to it. I said to him, you know what? This is very biblical. <laughs> I got so excited. <laughs> Because this is what the Apostle Paul said, eh? He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. You see, obviously for him, Jesus is still a little bit abstract. It's amazing how it becomes more and more real to him. But when he said to me, I'm following you because you are following Jesus. It was a wow moment for me. And I thought, we can all do that. We can all, because we are following Jesus, have people saying, I'm following you because you're following Jesus. And this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to lead our hearts. We have to lead our hearts. Don't let your heart lead you. You have to lead your heart. Your spirit man, we are body, soul, and spirit. Your, your emotions is part of your soul. Do not let your emotions lead you. Your spirit man must rise up and say, I'm going to lead my emotions. And what, what will happen? People will start following you because you're lifting a banner. You're raising a banner. You say, follow me, follow me. I have something that you want. I have something that you want. And you will, you will become a leader and you will start leading Jesus. Oh, you will start leading people to Jesus. You won't lead Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is leading us. But it, there's power. Amen? There's power in, in shifting the atmosphere in your heart. But it takes maturity. It takes guts. And we must make up our minds. Are we willing to be different and look different? than everyone around us. Amen? Okay, I want us to do a few declarations. You can stand with me. The worship team can join me on stage. The choir as well, please, everyone. Okay, I want us to do a few declarations because this is how we get the truth in our hearts, by speaking truth. So I'm going to read it for you first. And then after that, you can join me. And after that, we're going to do that song again. Open up the gates, because now you know what we're going to do when we say we open gates. We open the gates so that we can build a highway in the Spirit for people to come to Jesus. Okay, we don't just open gates and then, what now? We open the gates for Jesus to come in. We move through the gates by an active lifestyle of thanksgiving. And when we change the atmosphere around us, we start building a highway for people to walk on. And we're lifting a banner and we say, come, this is the way. Okay? All right, so I'm going to read to you and then we'll do it together.
Lord, I thank you for the city of East London. And by the way, a declaration is not about how you feel. You're not a hypocrite if you say it and you don't 100% feel like it. It's not hypocritical because this is what the devil wants to tell you. You can't say, I thank God, I thank you for the city of East London because you're not truly thankful. Surely God's going to catch you out because you're hypocritical. It's not hypocritical. That's the devil's voice. Okay? We, we lead, remember, we lead our hearts. You, you do not wait for your heart to be thankful before you are thankful. We lead our hearts. Whenever you do a declaration of truth, you lead your heart. So it's not about feeling all of these things. The feelings will come. Okay, let me read it. Lord, I thank you for the city of East London. I pray that you'll open my eyes for the beauty of East London. I thank you that you have placed me in East London for a godly purpose. I thank you for the privilege of partnering with you to bring the good news of the gospel to the Eastern Cape. I thank you that I can open the gates and build a highway for people to come to Jesus through an active lifestyle of thanksgiving. I thank you for my job. I thank you for my boss, my colleagues, my students, my clients. I thank you that I can be a light in my workplace and I can point people to Jesus. I pray for the people in East London and in the Eastern Cape to turn to Jesus. Amen. Okay, you're ready. If you're not going to be passionate enough, we're going to do it again. Okay. So I will, I have a little uh, um, thermometer. Yeah. It, 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 it can calculate the passion in the house. So if, if it's not reaching at least, say, 8 out of 10, we're going to do it again. So let's go for it. Okay, Lord, I thank you for the city of East London. I pray that you will open my eyes for the beauty of East London. I thank you that you have placed me in East London for a godly purpose. I thank you for the privilege of partnering with you to bring the good news of the gospel to the Eastern Cape. I thank you I can open the gates and build a highway for people to come to Jesus through an active lifestyle of thanksgiving. I thank you for my job, my boss, my colleagues, my students, my clients. Thank you that I can be a light in my workplace and point people to Jesus. I pray for the people in East London and the Eastern Cape to turn to Jesus. Amen. Okay, that was about a seven. Well done. We're going to do it again. Okay, are you ready? The more we do this, the more it becomes part of our hearts. All right, this method in the repetition. Okay. Lord, I thank you for the city of East London. I pray that you will open my eyes for the beauty of East London. I thank you that you have placed me in East London for a godly purpose. I thank you for the privilege of partnering with you to bring the, go- of the gospel to the Eastern Cape. I thank you that I can open the gates and build a highway for people to come to Jesus through an active lifestyle of thanksgiving. I thank you for my job, my boss, my colleagues, my students, my clients. Thank you that I can be a light in my workplace and point people to Jesus. I pray for the people in East London, Eastern Cape, to turn to Jesus. Amen. Woo! Let's give God a hand. Amen.
Okay, let's just do this song, and let's just see as we do it, as literally how we enter through a gate, how we bring Jesus into our lives, into our circumstances, and how we start building a highway for people. Amen? Okay, let's go for it. Jesus Christ, we, we invite you, Lord, to come and change our hearts. Open our eyes, Lord, for the beauty of this land. If you need a change in your hearts, all of us do to a certain extent, but if you know, if you know that the devil has trapped you in a, in a condition, in a heart condition where, where you are discontent, I just want you to quickly raise your hands. I want to pray for you. Okay. It takes humility. It takes humility just to raise your hands. I know. But God said that He gives grace to the humble. Okay, you can you can drop your hands. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you will come and do surgery on our hearts in Jesus' name. We pray, God, that you will come and and cut out, cut out, Lord, the negativity, the discontentment the complaining, Lord, and give us a new heart. Open our eyes for the beauty of East London. Show us, Lord, how we can, how we can open the gates. Show us, Lord, how, how we can build a highway for people to come to you. Show us, Lord, how we can lead, lead our hearts, lead the way for people to, see, I want, to say, I want to follow you. So I speak that. I speak that over us, Lord. A congregation where people will say, I want to follow you because there's a banner and I see there's a highway and I'm coming. I'm coming. So, Father, I pray in the spirit that there will be a banner. There will be a highway. There will be open gates, open gates for people just to flow into, Lord, to come into. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord. I just also want to ask, if you are here this morning, you've never committed your life to Jesus. You, you do not know, you do not know where you are going. When it comes to eternity, you feel very uncertain. If there's anyone of you, you want to commit your life to Jesus this morning, you want to say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. Anybody like that, I would love to pray with you. Anybody. There's always people who are ready to commit their lives to Jesus. Always. We just need to be ready to lead them, to lead them on that highway. Anyone, anybody, you want to make right with God. You want to make right with the Lord this morning. I really feel that there's somebody here, God's been speaking to you for a while. You know deep in your heart you need to make right with the Lord. Anybody like that? Just quickly raise your hands. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? You know, you know deep in your heart God is calling you. He's calling you home. You know that. Anybody else? Anybody else? 
Thank you, Lord, for salvation to come to East London. Thank you, Jesus. blessing Lord over each and everyone here Father I pray a blessing in their work situation Father I release favor I release favor Lord like you did with Esther where she was a virgin girl Lord and you called to be the wife of a, of a, a king a pagan king but you used a God to save a nation and I pray for that kind of favor Lord for us in our workplace. I really feel this is what God wants to do. He wants to give you favor in your workplace. He wants us to to be without blame, shining our light like Daniel, like Daniel, who just obeyed the Lord and God gave him favor and he started speaking. He started speaking into the king's life. God wants, he wants you to position yourself that you can speak life. You can speak into the lives of people, even your boss, even, the pe- even your superiors and people above you. He wants you to start speaking into their lives in an honorable way, in a, in a respectful way. But I feel God's going to open doors for you to start being light, to start being salt, real light, real salt that is tasteful in your workplace. God, so I just release that over each and everyone here. God, whoever needs a breakthrough, in, in their workplace. Whoever needs favor, God, I just release that. Even in their families, Lord. Thank you for words of knowledge, words of wisdom on our lips, Lord, that we can speak. Words of encouragement, God, that we can speak to the people around us. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us to lead. And I just speak that over each and everyone here in Jesus' name.